Thanks for joining us. My name is Matt Bushby, Head of Infrastructure Business Development at Clearbridge Investments. With me today is Charles Hamey, Portfolio Manager across all of Clearbridge's listed infrastructure strategies. Charles, thanks for joining us. Great to see you back in the office again. Thank you, Matt. It's uh, wonderful to be back and hello, everyone. Look, Charles, with the cash rate in the US poised to increase off the back of strong economic growth and the highest inflation prints we've seen in decades, we're getting asked a lot by investors to help them understand how infrastructure performs during an inverted commas tightening cycle. First question, is it cash rates or bond yields that investors should be looking at? It's bond yields that investors should focus on. And you know, that tightening cycle probably started in August last year. And how far do you think you know, that will go? Where do we think bond yields will ultimately settle? We feel that bond yields will settle between 2 and 2.5% two and in the US and, and global yields will, will follow accordingly. So to the key question, how has infrastructure performed historically during periods of rising bond yields. And I want to start first by comparing listed infrastructure to to global equities, and we'll move on to infrastructure indices in a moment. Obviously, a lot of it depends on the macro environment that you're comparing it against. But typically, as you get an inflection in yields, the sector does underperform global equities for a very short period of time. And once that expectation is is set in terms of where people think their, their terminal yield will be or their views on inflation adjusted, you do start to get a, a much more consistent performance from the sector. And when you say as expectations start to adjust for a short period of time, do you have a feel for, sort of, if we just use history as an example, how long has that period taken to happen? Using history as, as an example, typically between three and four months is what it takes for expectations to get set and then that to be you know, reflected in, in prevailing share prices and, and valuations. And we think we're past that point. You know, we think that rate setting expectation, people's views on inflation are now pretty consistent and are now pretty accurately reflected in, in prevailing share prices of equities and infrastructure assets. One of the most attractive features of infrastructure as an asset class is that, you know, generally there are mechanisms to pass through prevailing inflationary environments. So why is it, do you think, that infrastructure although delivering positive returns during most bond yield rising cycles, has underperformed global equities. So I think a lot of that does occur, as I said, very early on in the cycle, as bond yields start to tighten and the yield curve starts to rise. Post that, you know, there is periods of outperformance from the sector. You are 100% right that infrastructure is unique as an asset class because there is mechanisms in regulation or concession agreements to ensure that the company is protected against, you know, changes in the macroeconomic environment, be it interest rates, inflation or growth. But you are right that there is that short period of time when there is a bit of underperformance. So in the most recent cycle, which you mentioned, you know, started towards the end of of last year, we've seen our global infrastructure value and our global infrastructure income strategies outperform global equities by between sort of four and a half to eight and a half percent, depending on which strategy we're talking about. Why do you feel that there's such a stark difference this time around? I don't think it's very surprising. A generalist manager now is faced with a backdrop of rising rates, contraction of balance sheets, um, a fiscal response, which is limited at this point in the cycle, and at the same time, a whole bunch of geopolitical risk and potentially global growth, which potentially started to inflect a bit. So in that environment, there was clearly a desire for people to become a bit more defensive and all those really exceptional characteristics of infrastructure, resilient cash flows, you know, the strong dividend growing well above inflation, the pass-through of inflation as well, really come to the fore. So we have seen the sector really outperform based on, you know, the more general environment that we're in at the moment. 
within our infrastructure portfolios, what's been performing well and by contrast, what's struggled a little bit? So what's performed well has been a lot of the reopening stocks, so the infrastructure stocks, user pays assets, toll roads um, and airports in particular. And that, that was expected, you know, as we've sort of emerged from the pandemic and people are looking through it, um, they've adjusted their price expectations accordingly, as have utilities. So again, it goes back to that point you made earlier about even in environments when rates or yields are rising, utilities, which people think are challenged in rising yield environments, can do very well. And certainly the US utilities have done very, very well in this recent environment as well, and now trading in multiples above where they have been in the recent past. At the same time, Mitchell Masses have done very well. Um, our midstream exposure in North America in particular has done very well and selected utilities around the world as well. What about stocks that haven't done particularly well or sectors that haven't done particularly well? So we had a period of challenge in the contractive renewable energy sector after a very, very strong 2020 and beginning of 2021. That got caught up in a bit of the growth selling as well. They are very long duration, um, a bit more structural in their drivers. We still think they're exceptional assets. Um, and more recently, pleasingly, they've started to reflect upwards as well. And obviously, US or towers globally as well have been quite challenged. Again, structurally fantastic businesses with very long-term drivers, you know, growing cash flow at, you know, low double digits, but very long duration assets. And with real rates starting to rise a bit, these very long duration duration assets can be a bit challenged in the near term, but we're very comfortable and confident in the medium to long-term outlook for these businesses. Turning to focus purely on sort of the infrastructure indice strategies now, our two global strategies, the infrastructure value and the infrastructure income strategy, have outperformed major infrastructure indices such as the, the FTSE Global Core Infrastructure 5050 Index or the S&P Global Infrastructure Index in sort of 70 to 80% of rising bond yield periods over the last decade. What would you put that down to? I think it's a function of our process and our portfolio construction. It's a function of being benchmark unaware, not being at the mercy of sector and, and regional exposures in the benchmarks, being able to really utilise our strengths in portfolio construction to build portfolios which are reflective of the prevailing environment, ones where we can focus on the long term, not be reactive and be proactive, and really focus on those companies with those strong idiosyncratic drivers that can crystallise significant value, almost irrespective of the macro environment we're in. You've mentioned earlier where you think bond yields ultimately will go to. There's obviously a lot happening in the world right now. Can you give listeners a bit of a feel for how you think the macro environment, the geopolitical environment will play out and therefore you know, how we might move portfolios over time? Well, the geopolitical environment I have no insights on, but obviously it's severely impacting what we're seeing in, in energy prices. And I suppose at some point, it could be a flow-on effect into inflation, which will likely happen. We think the market expectation at the moment, and consistently maybe our views as well, is that you are in a period of declining growth globally, and inflation should moderate over the medium term. Um, and that's a very positive environment for many of our companies, certainly the utilities, which have very strong rate-based growth at the moment. And so that's positive. But there is sort of a range of outcomes around that. And we think the likely range of outcomes potentially could be one between, you know, recession and low inflation and even one between stagflation where you have, you know, low growth and high inflation. But, you know, both those scenarios we think are not likely. Um, and the more likely scenario is one where, as I said, growth moderates, inflation moderates. There's a ceiling to how high real rates can go. Um, and in that environment, it's a very, very strong floor for the sector and a very strong floor for, you know, utilities in particular. I have one follow-up to that. You mentioned current geopolitical tensions, uh, what's happening in Ukraine at the moment, affecting energy prices. Yes. How does that flow through to 
pipeline companies or potentially utilities which are moving energy around ultimately, you know, customers, uh, households, you know, have to pay their electricity bills. Do we think there's an impact there? Let's uh, break that up. So as it relates to midstream companies, so companies which own the transmission assets to move oil and gas around, so there could be an impact, but probably a positive impact because rising prices typically should encourage exploration and production, which will mean potentially more you know, oil and gas moves across their pipelines. Now, as it relates to utilities, this is a, a bit more of an open question because, you know, obviously rising energy costs have to be paid for and they're quite, quite, you know, it's paid for by the user of the asset. So things like climate inflation and and rising bills are something we're acutely focused on at the moment to ensure that, you know, utilities can still meet their asset-based growth and all their other objectives and at the same time keep bills somewhat affordable for people. There's more to come in terms of how that plays out going forward. Key social aspect, obviously, the affordability of energy. These, these assets occupy a very unique place in society. They're an essential service, right? And ultimately, there is that social license to operate. And historically, there is that balance between ensuring that they can deliver that essential service and asset-based growth, which is, you know, the anchor for everything, all the returns that we see, but it has to be affordable. And utilities globally have been very, very good over the last 20 years at making sure that in terms of bills, but they haven't risen well above inflation. And going forward, you know, I think that's going to be a challenge to some extent, but you know, something we're, we're acutely focused on. Charles, thanks for your time. What are the key messages you'd like to leave investors with? I think the key message is for investors to understand just how structural a lot of these drivers are that are underpinning the asset-based growth and the, the returns that we expect to see. You know, something like decarbonisation, for example, the sector is really right at the forefront on delivering on that policy goal. And that's going to drive, as I said, a lot of the outcomes many of the companies we invest in. Even toll roads and airports play an important role in that as well. So whilst the macro environment is a bit uncertain and changing, I think you know the structural story that we see will really underpin the return and dividend outcomes that we expect from the sector going forward. If I can just summarise some of those key points... Firstly, the tightening cycle that we're in began probably in around August last year. So we're, we're very much partway through that cycle. Yields may grind higher from here, but generally any impact evaluation is felt early on in that cycle. And we believe that period has passed. As Charles has mentioned, there's unique characteristics to infrastructure, which makes it especially attractive in periods of uncertainty like we're in at the moment. We believe infrastructure will continue to deliver attractive levels of income inflation protection and the potential for capital growth. For more information, please contact your Clearbridge representative.